Welcome to the Product Hive Podcast. On this episode, we're bringing you the panel discussion from our December 2018 UX event, where you'll hear from Derek Bowman, Megan Morton, and Christopher Higley, with Brandon Gardner moderating. The discussion covers situations in which a job isn't just product manager or UX designer, but some combination of the two. In startups and smaller companies, people often wear many hats. We've got a panel of three people who are currently working or have worked in these kinds of hybrid roles. They'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of working in a role that spans across multiple disciplines. A big thanks to Unique for hosting this meetup. And finally, be sure to join our community on Slack, where there's always lots of great conversation happening about UX, product management, and more. You can get an invite to our Slack group and find more information about Product Hive at ProductHive.org. So now let's hear the panel discussion for One Job, Many Hats, Working in a Hybrid PM UX Role. Bowman, Megan Morton, and Chris Higley, who are going to be members of our panel today. If you, if you want to all come up, um, you can sit up here while, while they're presenting. So how today's going to work is we're going to be talking about um, the mixed role of UX and PM. I'll be your moderator for today. Uh, but we're going to do a quick, they're going to they're introduce this topic by each going through a five to eight little minute presentation of their experience. All of them have had experience in small companies and even in larger companies in both that mixed role. And if you, uh, if you watch the Slack channel ever, there's been some discussions around what do I do as a small company owner uh, or as a, as a fledging business of, of providing value in both this UX PM role. What do I hire first, the UX or the PM, the chicken and the egg question? Of course, it's the PM that always comes first. Uh, but sometimes it's the, So we're going to have that discussion, uh, and, and we're going to uh, d- dig deep into this. So we'll let Derek start off. Uh, because this is a hybrid UX uh, PM event, just by show of hands, how many people here are UX? Okay, and uh, PM, who considers himself a hybrid already? Some, who uh, is intrigued by that idea or would uh, consider that type of role? So, okay, uh, cool. <clears throat> so all of us have had kind of that diverse experience and so we wanted to kind of give a little bit about our background and then answer some of your questions. So when this event was posted, one of the, the first things that came in, someone was like, oh, dream job. And, uh, and I kind of saw that and chuckled. That it kept, having done it, it, it probably depends if, uh, you know, once you're in there, if that really is a dream job or not. Uh, it, it can be, and it can also not be. The, uh, one of the early titles for this event was something about the effect of uh, unicorns, or sometimes this kind of generalist type role is described as a unicorn, this kind of mythical creature that's got all these different skills and, and things. And but in my experience, it's, it's less of this kind of elegant creature as this kind of like, kind of <laughs> like very mangy, very scrappy uh, amalgamation of beasts. Uh, but that ultimately we're, I think, individuals that are people that really dig in and uh, figure out things 
figure out solutions to problems, even if it's not necessarily our role. I don't think I've seen people exactly hiring for this type of hybrid role. I think we kind of all fall into it. And at least that's the way it's been for me at every job I've been in. Uh, my background is, uh, just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm uh, a UX design background. I'm currently at MX. Uh, I'm currently product manager over our digital money management group. And uh, I'm also leading our design team currently. So I've been there about three and a half years. I started in a UX role or a product design role. And uh, over time there, started to uh, help out where I could and, and dig in and help out with product managers that were kind of overburdened. Uh, and in working with developers and release planning and those types of things. And, and then once one of those individuals, he's actually right here, Neil. So I, He's responsible for giving me all this load. Uh, left the company, and then I took over a lot of his role, but uh, ended up keeping a lot of the design role, and so kind of started doing both. And so if you think this is a dream job, uh, if th this is my calendar from last week, uh, you can kind of see it's uh, very busy where the double and triple booked sometimes, unfortunately, but the, where I've, some things are, are jumping from one product to another, I manage multiple products as well as the design team and making sure that all of those things are moving forward and coordinating with sales and product marketing and development and uh, customer success and all these different type roles. Uh, it's probably not for everyone, but it's, uh, it's fun to, to kind of coordinate all those efforts and, and see a lot of things moving forward. So us that are UX designers, we know that Right, uh, you've seen this probably before, that UX is a center of technology, business, and design, right? Right, that's what we see? Or PM's in the room there, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I thought PM was at the center of, of UX and product and design, and, or tech. And I, I, you see these things all over the place, and, and what I learned from this is like, there's more in common between these two roles than probably there are differences, and that I, I tend to see myself as someone who doesn't get, want to get caught in the nuance of that, but just someone that really, at the end of the day, wants to just build products, wants to just make things happen and jump in wherever I can. Uh, and titles don't really matter to me. We were talking earlier, I think that you'll kind of hear that from the panel, that it's... Well, if we look at it, neither of us are really at the center of anything. We're, we're helping, we, the, we're part of companies, organizations, part of products, and uh, the, the world doesn't revolve around us. And there's lots of areas that we can jump in and help rather than try to kind of put ourselves always at the center of everything. And so I see this hybrid role as really, how can I be a servant to those around me? How can I jump in and, and help out uh, no matter if that's in my job description or not. All right. Oop. All right, uh, my name is Megan Morton. I just recently started freelancing at calendar.com and I was at VidAngel for three years, so I don't know how many people have um, heard of VidAngel, but we were in a lawsuit for the most of my time there, so that was fun. Um, so uh, like Derek said, a lot of at VidAngel, I was the director of product at one point, the director of UX and design at a different point, still doing all the same things, and then I became director of brand, still doing all the same things, and then some marketing. 
So, um, and even as I've left VidAngel and like looked at other companies, pretty much your title doesn't really, it's kind of a description of what you do, but not really, especially if you're in a smaller startup, you kind of just have a bunch of titles and I've even had people say, um, what do you want your title to be? So, um, so yeah, so when I was at VidAngel, I started, um, and I was working there for about a year before we um, were sued by Disney. And so after we were sued by Disney, um, we changed the whole product and pivot. We just, right before we got uh, sued, we start, we're starting to feel like, oh, we're gonna get out of this startup phase, we're starting to make some money, and then it was a complete um, shift in the product. So there was a lot, a lot of learning experiences completely changing a product that had already been kind of a starting to get established and then changing completely. Um, I just started on with Calendar. We have that nice little, please don't be mad at us if it breaks the alpha tag, because um, that's the stage we're in now. It's pretty, pretty early on. Um, one thing being a, in a lot of different startups, um, there is no I in team, but there is one in time. So working as a team is so critical in a startup when um, when I was at VidAngel, Jed was like my right hand and I think I was his right hand. He kind of like took over the tech and we kind of were product managers together. So we would meet with the CEO and marketing and figure out like roadmap and all of kind of the product management stuff we would do as a team. And then he would kind of direct the tech and I would direct myself as the design team. So um, that's a little bit of my background and I'll let So I think you guys know what I like. No, no, no one, no clue, no guesses. Yeah, donuts. So just a couple of things about me. Um, I, I was in early in my career. I was motivated a lot by donuts. Um, I used to take work for donuts. Um, I don't anymore. Uh, you can't actually uh, deal outside of receiving donuts, so um, it's not currency after I've eaten them. Um, and then, yeah, Thai food. I love Thai food. Um, I think I've, I try to uh, go to every new Thai restaurant in Utah. Um, and anytime I travel, um, I'm like, yeah, Thai place. Let's go try the Thai food. Um, I've never been to Thailand, so I really have no base, baseline for comparison besides Utah. So basically anything outside of Utah is really good Thai food. Um, I don't know. Just experience-wise. Uh, I've worked, uh, I, I mean, I started as a graphic designer um, and kind of moved into roles as, as need be. Uh, when I was at Zija, I was their ninth employee, and, uh, you know, I helped uh, the senior designer. We, we basically did the first brand uh, together. We worked on that. Um, there, were, there was no such thing as a product manager at Zija. And so we, we made it up on our own. Like, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Cool. You want to do that? Okay, cool. I'll do this. Awesome. Um, and it was really just kind of whatever my title was, it didn't really matter. We were doing tons of different things. Um, I moved in, into other stuff at Finicity. Uh, Finicity was interesting because I kind of went from growing, like, they grew like crazy up to like 300 plus employees. Uh, while I was there in my first year. And then in my fourth and a half year, uh, I was looking at Darren because I think he knows. 
Uh, we survived like four layoffs and they went to a skeleton crew of like six. Um, and they're still alive because they actually changed their business model a little bit. And, uh, but mint.com came on the scene and just kind of wiped us off the face of the earth. Um, but being there uh, when everything was kind of falling apart, you had to step in and uh, be in roles that you weren't before. So that's really um, where I was more full-time product manager than I was a designer. And uh, I was managing, I was not only managing a product, but I was ma managing design, or not design teams, development teams in India. And so I was also a program manager and a project manager. Um, I, I think I wore like six hats there. And uh, yeah, it, but I also had the opportunity to work with great product managers there before everything fell. And uh, I think that's the thing is like, as a designer, you definitely know and work with great product managers. And as a product manager, hopefully you have that experience of working with great designers. And so I think that there is an overlap in skill set, at least to some degree. Um, but that's how I feel. And I, I worked at InContact and had some interesting experiences there where I felt like I was stepping on toes, but because things weren't getting done, um, I was writing user stories. I was helping development kind of prioritize things, but I was a designer. Um, even though we had a product manager, uh, I just kind of filled in when they didn't. And uh, I don't recommend that. Uh, for multiple reasons. If you want to know the details, ask me later. Uh, and then at Workfront, I worked with some great and amazing uh, product managers. So never had the opportunity to really product manage there. Um, but uh, yeah, really great people there. And then at Divi, um, I was pulled in as kind of a dual role, a hybrid role per se. But within my first week, uh, they made me, or not made me, asked me to step into another role of, of kind of helping to lead out on design. So um, doing my best there is coming up to speed on that. But anyway, that's, that's me. I think the biggest thing that I've learned uh, in being in a hybrid role or, or kind of taking on both roles um, here and there is that ideas bounce better when vocalized. Um, especially when you're doing both roles, you're in your own head and uh, you can convince yourself of anything. Right? And, and so you need to vocalize those things. Find someone that you trust in the organization or, or even outside of the organization and bounce those ideas, get them out. They have to be vocalized. And if you don't do that, you're, you're gonna fail. You're gonna come up with a solution that doesn't work. But I think that holds true for just anyone, even if you're a product manager or designer. You can't just stay in your head. Um, anyway, that's it. That's all, that's, all, that's all we got. And then I think we're just gonna take questions. Yeah, so what we're gonna do is we have some questions. Uh, those who posted on the Slack channel hybrid roles, if you're there, you can post right now. Uh, or you can just ask from, uh, from, from here from the audience. Um, let's get you guys some mics. Do you have these? Let, let's get the mics. Here we go. Um, so we're gonna start with this. So we heard you talk a lot about you know, some of the things of PM and UX, but let's dive into some real use cases. So um, I won't call out who wrote this, but uh, you can go find on the, on the Slack channel. So this is a real life scenario. Our small startup isn't quite ready for a full-time UX and full-time PM hire yet. We are considering two options. The first option, contract part-time UX and hire full-time PM until we need a full-time UX and then hire. Number two, 
Hire full-time UX who wants to transition to PM. Have this person do half UX and half PM in transition period until ready to do full-time PM. Uh, and by that time, hire full UX. Do you have experiences with one or either of these scenarios, which is preferable? What are the advantages and potential pitfalls of each? Is there a preferred third option? So let's maybe talk about that first, first uh, option. Contract part-time UX and hire full-time PM. Pitfalls, advantages. Uh, so I don't, I don't know about that the first scenario, but I, I think later he talked about how um, he's serving as the founder, and as the founder uh, understands a lot of the, the business and things, and right now the, the pain is that the usability isn't there. And so uh, I think uh, overall I think it can be difficult sometimes to hire for that hybrid role or with that as the expectation that that's going to happen. I, I think... The, at least in my experience, I've always ended up in that role, but always started with uh, a more narrow focus, like design. And I think in this scenario, if the, the immediate pain is design, then I think probably the full-time designer is maybe where I would say to go, especially since the founder, I don't know what size the company is, but the founder typically has so much of the understanding of the problem, the market, the competition, and uh, the, I think they want to stay involved as, as much as they can um, and then work with a, a designer that can bring in the, the usability, uh, that that's the pain that he mentions, and, uh, and differentiate the, the product through design and, and serve as a pair. And, and if that person becomes a, a PM at one point, then that's great, but Setting that as the expectation up front, uh, I think it'd be difficult or could compromise what the immediate need is. So, so what you're saying is that the, the, on, the startup, the entrepreneur, is that PM. They should be filling that PM role of setting the vision, uh, setting the vision of understanding the needs of the market um, and probably should be hiring for a, for a full-time UX. Okay? That's, yeah, that's my, my thought. Okay. I think we all started off as designers first and then kind of just took on... Took, took on more product management. It's almost like um, I, could, I would compare it between snowboarding and skiing. When you start snowboarding, you have no idea what you're doing, and that's more like design. And once you kind of get it, it takes a lot to like actually get it. And skiing, you can at least stop when you're skiing, and that's more like product management, where you can do some of the things, even if you don't quite know what you're doing, you can kind of like help out. But uh, like Derek said, um, you'll be relying, in my experience, it was like, hey, CEO that started the company from the ground up, and this is your brainchild. What, where do you see this going, or what do you see this doing? I don't think we need to turn that back on. We're, we're good. Cool. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with both of you. Um, I think it's up to the founder how much they are, they are willing to relinquish <laughs> that control. Um, most founders probably aren't. And so, yeah, bringing in a designer might help, um, but also that depends on how willing they are to mentor them uh, if they don't have any product management experience. So bringing in a full-time UX, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that sounds more like what the need is, but yeah, I, it, you really have to either find, and I, I don't think it's impossible to find someone who has product management experience and who is a solid UX designer or vice versa. Um, but I think it really depends on 
what this founder wants. Um, I'm of the opinion that, uh, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of startups move fast, right? So I don't, I don't know what phase they're in. I, I, didn't, I might have missed that in the question if he specified where they're at, but um, I feel like you need to, sometimes when we were talking about this earlier, you gotta make decisions and move fast, and sometimes it's like, that, can I spend time on the quality of the look and how, how, it, you know, how it works, or do I just wanna make sure that the functionality exists, right? Um, but I personally think that a user experience, I'm a little bit bi probably biased, a user experience is gonna drive uh, a lot. And so if you have someone who understands that, and if they're a product manager who understands that, cool. But yeah, I think maybe you could contract a UX in that case. So, so it, it sounds like, you know, just kind of listening to all of you, in, in this scenario, you think a UX, hiring a full-time UX would probably be the best scenario, best option. Uh, because the the founder is acting at, typically as that as that PM, so let's let's when would there be a case when you would actually want to hire that PM first over a, a designer? I don't know. I I I, I, I don't. Yeah, um, I don't know that I have an opinion on that. To be honest, um, anyone. I would say it just like it now, depends. It sounds like, it it depends like on the founder. that entrepreneur like, has to act as that product manager. They have to be really be pushing that through. Either that, or they find someone who they totally trust and they capture that vision as well, right? Mm -hmm. If you can find someone who can take that baton and not destroy your vision as a founder, right? Then more power to you. Um, I don't know. I just I haven't met a lot of founders that relinquish that control. <laughs> Yeah, they, they probably shouldn't. All right, good discussion. Anything else to say on that? Any other advice for this entrepreneur? Any thoughts from you guys? Any follow-up questions? Or how about let's do this? Let's do this. What are the? Are there any follow-up questions to that? Are there? No. All right, we could get a really good discussion going, but. Let's, let's maybe keep it. So let's ask to this next question. So now let's go into the individual. So now you are in this role. If you're a UX designer with no PM at your company in the short term, what are the most essential PM responsibilities you should tackle while still doing UX? Um, I would have to say um, making sure you get the roadmap map down and the priorities. Um, at VidAngel, our roadmap consistently shifted but at least we would have a little bit of direction to where we knew what we were doing as a team. And I think that was probably the most critical, just making sure we were all on the same page. Um, we knew which features were the MVP and which needed to go out when, and making sure those releases were, were at least somewhat tested, so. I think playing to your strengths as a UX designer, that there's a lot of overlap between those two roles. And the, where there is overlap, I would say focus there if, that's, if there's not a PM to serve those roles. And I, I think where th those would be is like in the roadmap or working with developers on uh, <clears throat> their execution and shipping features, uh, prioritizing things. And, and some of those PM uh, functions that like, depending on the company, if PMs are really 
involved in sales or marketing or those types of things. I think typically those would be covered by those individual departments. Uh, and there's less overlap with a, a UX skill set there. I think you can learn those as, as you grow and, and maybe shift into that more hybrid role. But I, th I think focusing on where there is skill overlap is, is probably the best place to start. Do you have an example from your own personal? Uh, so for me, um, the, the PM that I was working with at MX uh, was working on bringing a new product to market in addition to the product that we worked together on. And so uh, he was involved a lot in some of the, the early kind of market validation research and, and those types of things where the, the product that we worked on together that was well established and had good product market fit and was in the market um, he didn't have a lot of time to work with developers on the release planning, on milestone planning, and, and uh, writing up issues, uh, making sure that those projects were moving forward. And so, and I had experience doing that at previous companies, so working a lot with the, the developers, writing up the, the issues, and, and following up with them uh, was a place where I could help kind of behind the scenes while he was doing uh, other uh, more like go-to-market uh, type PM functions? I, I think um, I have not met a product manager who wasn't concerned about this. And I know that, you know, as UX designers, we think about this and we're taught this a lot. But I think the number, the, the place, I agree with, with Megan here that priorities, like you got to nail down your priorities, right, of like what we're doing with this product. But first of all, you got to understand your market. I think you have to know your market. You have to know your user. You have to know what they're, what they're wanting to do. What are their goals? I mean, those are things you have to start with. And if you don't know those, I mean, nail those down. Because then you're just, I mean, you're just, you're shooting that fish in a barrel at that point. If, you're, if you don't know that, right? And so if you're brought in as that UX, I would question what the why is, what's the why, who is, our, who is our target audience, what are their goals, what are they trying to accomplish? You gotta, you gotta nail that, right? It doesn't matter um, what kind of roadmap you have if you don't know what that is, right? Your, your roadmap could have a ton of stuff on it and if you don't know that any of that applies to your users, so I, I think that's where I would start, I don't know. Does anyone, I don't, anyone disagree with me? All right, understanding the why, making sure you're prioritizing that roadmap and keeping the team in the right direction. Okay, any other, any other comments there? No, all right, so in, when you've, in your experience, and maybe you can give us some examples here as well, uh, in your experience as you've been practicing, uh, where, where do you typically spend most of your time in these roles? And, and maybe, you, maybe it changes, Maybe you can tell us how, why those, why those uh, transitioning from a different role, from a UX to PM role, when you're playing both of these, why do you transition back and forth, and when do you play one side versus the other side? Um, maybe you can tell us, tell us a little bit about that and, and how to, uh, how to uh, keep yourself in balance. Yeah. I think in a hybrid role, that's, that's kind of all the trick, right? And, and probably just in general is, is making sure that you are giving time to the, the, the big why, especially, and, and understanding your users. 
Um, for me, so the question, how do you spend your time? Yeah, how do you balance your time between PM and UX, more traditional PM and UX roles? Yeah, um, for me, so we're in a, a, a growing company. Um, I'm jumping in and, and playing a lot of different roles right now, but uh, it's not as lean as, as maybe some of the, the startups or other places where this type of role is common. And and so the for me, the a lot of where I spend my time is just communicating with, with individuals and, and uh, just aligning around that big why aligning around the problem to be solved and, and delegating wherever possible. That you can't try and do it all. Um, you'll burn out quick or you just won't accomplish anything. And so the as much as you can, leaning on those other cross-functional roles to uh, help drive things forward. And then you just kind of serve the, the in-between or the 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 alignment that makes sure that everything is always pointing back to what, what that, that problem to be solved is. Um, for me, especially at VidAngel, I started off doing a lot of design. I was brought on just as the designer. Um, but then once we got that MVP product out and were able to prototype and do all that kind of stuff, um, it switched a lot more over to um, doing te user testing and wireframing a lot more and then having the developers like, hey, that piece that's on this page, move that over here, and I'll come check and see if it looks good later. So um, especially towards the end of my time at VidAngel, it, um, we started moving to a full stack development team and to where we had a really basic um, functioning design system that um, I really would just like check off things and I wasn't hardly designing at all, so. So, uh I don't know, I mean, spending time, when you're in that hybrid role, I think you have to be deliberate about it, and you have to set aside deliberate time to focus on each task. Um, I've, like, when I was at Finicity, and uh, I was in that role of wearing multiple hats, um, I, could t I, could, I had great conversations with myself. Right, and I and I could be I could convince myself that this was, that this was uh, the thing that I needed to design, and I could convince myself that this was the the best design for this feature, um, but yeah, I mean, even if you're yourselves, you know, your your own best friend, you gotta figure out a way to to diverge on some concepts, right, and and so I think as a as as you play both of those roles you got to understand how to spend the time wisely in each so like i said knowing your why knowing your customer that's kind of dual role both both roles are interested in that so i don't think you have to necessarily split time in between those but when it comes down to uh, prioritization um, you definitely have to take that mindset as a product manager and spend time doing that. And, um, you know, one thing that I learned a lot from Wade at Workfront was you have to try and move as fast as you possibly can and with, with lowest fidelity. And so you got to spend time, if, if you're spending time as a design hat going from uh, the idea on the product side, the product manager side of like, yeah, this is a great idea, and you don't vet it out, 
by talking to your user or talking to your customer quickly with like very low fidelity concepts, you're gonna spend, you're gonna waste so much time as a designer perfecting and making it look good when, you know, when there's time when you're just like, no, what is good enough, right? From a design side, you've gotta be able to make those concessions. So, so let's maybe dive into that a little bit. You only have 24 hours in a day and, and hopefully you're not, Hopefully you're not spending 24 hours, yeah, on this. Um, so what gets dropped? Are, are, you, are you building component libraries? Are you, are you doing, building design systems? Are you coding your own, no? So what are the things that you're gonna have to drop are, that on the priority list, we talked about priorities, on that priority list from a PM or from a UX, what goes way down if, if not necessary? You know, that would be a nice to have, but not necessary. As a PM. As a PM or UX, both. I mean, this is in this role. You're a hybrid role. You're you're playing both. So what what is reduced? What do you not do? So when you get sued by Disney in this scenario, um, you have limited funds, and then it also becomes um, a legal thing. So there would be sometimes we'd be doing something, and it would come back that oh the legal team said this, and now that we're doing this, and we just completely switch over. So a lot of times. Um, Coming from a design background, I would see like a button or just different things, and I'd be like, oh, that could be better. But some of those like finesse detail things, it's like it, you push it, it works, it's not confusing, cool, let's go with that. And then it stays like that for a year because you don't have time to go back. So especially a lot of those um, making things really beautiful, um, that's innate in, I think, a lot of designers. So how did you get over that? I know for, for a lot of people, they, they just get fixated on fixing that. Like, how do you, how do you get past that? Um, for me, it, like, was I don't have time and we don't have the means to, to fix it. And you, sometimes you just have to grin and bear it or learn how to do it yourself to go in and fix it. And don't, like, have the designers going through or the developers going through and fixing some of those things. So there were things that I would, like, okay, I need to know some front end code, if, I re if it's really bugging me that much, I can go and do it. And I feel like a lot of times with other things, it's like, hey, this isn't being done. If it's bugging me or I feel like it's a big enough need, I need to step up and fill that, even though it's not in my job title. And so a lot of times it really is just knowing what the priority is and what the users need and basing it off that and not my own wants or needs for the product. Yeah, as a, a someone background in design, like I can echo that where you got these little irks in the product where every time you see it, they're just like, oh man, like that padding, just not quite right. But ultimately, as a PM, thinking about like, well, what is the outcome that I'm delivering to the customer, and is going in and and really doing that extra, you know, five percent that's really gonna uh, make it this beautiful thing. Is that gonna what is that going to add in terms of outcome to the, the end user? And is that worth it rather than some other way that I can spend that time? And so you do have to make some compromises, but I think it's the taking yourself out of it, taking yourself out of the center, like I was talking about, the, the focusing on the, the outcome that you're trying to achieve that it doesn't feel as much like a compromise. It feels like you're actually moving on to something else that then you can deliver the next piece of value. All right. Let's go on to some questions from the audience. Does the audience have any questions? 
Come on. No? All right. I'll keep on asking. Um, so uh, how do you negotiate? So how do you negotiate a salary for someone who's in a mixed role? So this kind of goes back also to that, that entrepreneur who is who's wanting to hire this hybrid. Like they're looking for someone who's you know, kind of like a unicorn or they're going to look for someone who's maybe junior or mid or doesn't have PM skills or doesn't have UX skills. How do you negotiate that? Like, what, what, what should they be looking for? And you, as, the, as that hybrid role, what should, you, what should both of them be looking for as far as uh, a salary goes or, or you know, maybe some position or some equity position in the company? Like, how does, how does that work? I'll go. Sure. Um, it really depends on the stage the company's in. I mean, you're coming in in a hybrid role, if you're, if you're really good at that, um, then you're probably gonna wanna negotiate with whatever you can, and salary is not it, right? There's more to it than just how much money I make. You wanna invest in your future, you wanna invest in their future, do they wanna invest in you, right? Um, and so you can negotiate things like equity, you can negotiate things like options, um, there's other things and then you can also negotiate things like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be able to do this by this time. And so that, in my mind, as long as we can sustain that when we're making money and through revenue, et cetera, et cetera, then that makes me deserving of a bump, right? Um, that's happened multiple times I've seen where you say, oh, yeah, so I need a bump after this occurs do you agree? And then work that out with them, so. Do, do you think, um, or maybe you can give us some perspective on, in this hybrid role, especially a new, typically newer companies, you know, have this hybrid role. Should they be looking for someone who's more junior or more senior? And what's the risks of, of either? I would say you definitely be looking, I mean, if this is a, a startup, I don't know. It, it really depends. I've seen it both ways. Um, you want to have someone who has experience, I think, personally. Um, although, if they have really good experience, they may they may not want that hybrid role. I think a junior person is more willing to to jump in and uh, and definitely prove themselves. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel. What do you think? Um, I've actually never started a startup without contracting for them first. And so, um, which is good for me and for the company because I get a feel of like, okay, this is, they're gonna make me work 24 hours a day, or this is how laid back they are, or this is what they expect of me. And so after those few weeks, it's always been like, hey, we wanna offer you a full-time gig and then you can decide. But that, that, it's good for the business owner too because then they can get a fill. And so especially if you're hire, hiring for this hybrid role, if they're not willing to jump in and just be like, hey, I did this, or that, you'll get a fill for where they're gonna fit into that. So whether they're junior or senior, I think it's always good to work with them first. And if you're a designer, to work with a company first in a, con a contract role. So. Going back to the salary question, I think if you're in a company and in within the, that company that you're currently in and you've taken on additional responsibilities, you've, you've leaned in on whether you're UX into, into PM type roles, then having concrete examples in that, that salary negotiation to say, here's the additional things that I've 
leaned in and, and contributed to the team. And like, here's the, in, in my uh, example, like able to bring, while I was still functioning as, as a designer, working with our customer success team to deliver, to, to bring new clients live onto the platform, at which increased the, this revenue, and, and having some concrete examples that show the value that you're it, providing to the company beyond what is that job description, and um, and, and using that as, as a way to negotiate it. Um, I had something else, but I forgot it. Okay. Um, so kind of going along with that, thinking about this hiring, and, and this, is, this is a question that I think both, both a, a manager or an entrepreneur who's hiring, but then also someone who's wanting to be hired uh, can look at. What, what skills do you think need, need to come into play here? What is the experience that someone needs to have? As, what's their portfolio need to look like as you're hiring for this, this hybrid type role? Or is your, if you're more looking, you'd like to do a hybrid type role? Or does anyone really go looking for a hybrid type role? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I feel like, in my experience, the hybrid role is not typically sought out, and then designers end up having to fill this hybrid type role. Uh, you know, I think we all know that in the product UX world, there's a broad spectrum of activities that you can do, types of documents and research that you can do. But then there's a smaller, like, practical set that a lot of companies do, and most of that stuff doesn't ever get done or invested in. I think the same thing is true for PM, uh, project management and product management roles. So I'm wondering what are like the most valuable product management types of things that a UX designer should start to add to their uh, activities, to their processes, as, as they start to fill a hybrid role in the organization? Uh, I think that usually end up, it sounds from all of your experiences that you filled it out of necessity, not necessarily that you were asked to do so. And I think a lot of us will find ourselves in a similar situation. So what are the first things we should focus on adding to what we're doing every day to, uh, to fill that hybrid role? I, I think for me, it's just kind of just part of my personality that like I want to learn as many things as possible and read really broadly like read a, a book that's based on UX principles or like behavioral psychology and then the very next book is about uh, some business thing or something like that like for me it's the um, just having a broad just knowledge and area, like willing or let's see, hunger to learn in lots of different areas, and then also contribute in lots of different areas, is uh, how it's kind of evolved for me. Um, the question was, uh, read the question one more time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The As a UX designer, what are the first things that you add to becoming a product manager? Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, make sure that you have a good relationship with your developers, um, your team outside of uh, the, the product management and, and UX role. Um, if you're really wanting, I think, I think a lot of UX designers, um, I don't know, 
it's probably, it's so changed. Like when I first started, like it was very clear, clearly delineated of like, you're doing design, we're doing product management. Um, and when, when you had to step into that role because that didn't exist anymore, um, you're just kind of like, well, how do I manage? I think it's first of all managing time, right? But understanding how to prioritize and how to communicate with your developers. Um, because if you don't have a good relationship with them, they're not going to help you achieve the end goal. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever felt like if you have a bad relationship with a developer that you're accomplishing amazing things. Um, and so I personally think that's where you need to start. Um, I think adding on to that, um, it, it really is doing more of that like market analysis of understanding that. I mean, the, understanding your user is definitely a UX thing, but um, I think that we need to move, UX design needs to move more into strategic. Um, I, at least, most of my career was, was given a lot of uh, tactical things like, hey, execute on this, execute on that. And for me, it was always pushback like, that doesn't, in my mind, that doesn't match a mental model of our user. Like, for an example, at Finicity, the CFO handed me a spreadsheet and said, the design should be like this. And I was like, I can't believe you did this in Excel, first of all. Um, I'm absolutely amazed at the breadth and depth of what you can do with Excel. Um, but does that match our lay user's mental model? What is the market like? Is our market actually CPAs? Are they accountants? Will they love and eat up this spreadsheet? Like, why don't we just sell a spreadsheet template? Here, $5, go manage your budget, right? Um, you have to bridge that gap. And so as a UX designer, you have to understand that market, understand who it is and what, what, what you're going after. There's so many things there that, I don't know, I don't know that I've reached it as a, as a designer, you know, handling PM stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly how to break down market analysis and, and um, ROI and, the, and where we're gonna make the biggest bang for our buck. But I think you have to start there. That's definitely a, a skill that you have to have. Can I, can I add that I think it goes both ways. So there was a time where for seven months I was both the PM and the UX, and I'm more on the PM side of things. I like to look at strategy and the numbers and prioritizing and do a lot of discovery and research. But then I was put into this role where I had to provide the designs, I had to provide more of that, that UX leadership. And it was, uh, uh, I, I had to learn what it does specifically around workflows. You know, and it's not that I didn't look at workflows. It wasn't that I hadn't worked for designers for seven years prior. But I had to get into Sketch. I had to start learning some Sketch. Some sketch how to start learning some coding. How to start learning these things of how to make it uh, look not only uh, function well 
and flow well, but look look well. So I think it also goes from the PM side to the UX side as well. As, as far as a PM, those are great skills to learn. It means brings a lot more empathy and value from yourself to to that uh, UX discussion. Yeah, and I think that I mean, how many how many UX designers do we have in here? How many of you have an amazing relationship with your product manager? Or had, <laughs> so uh, I feel like you have to help each other understand each other's language. Um, I think a common—I I was talking about this with Trey when we were at Workfront. When I was at Workfront with him, uh, a common language that everyone can talk about is customer problems. And if you can understand your customer problems then you can communicate better with your PM or the PM inside of you, right? And, and have that internal conversation. Um, be a little bit schizophrenic, if you will. But yeah, I, I, I agree, it does go both ways and you have to start, I think the customer problem is a really good starting point, yes. How do you deal with a PM that is more interested in finding solutions for the business owner? when you're trying to help him understand what the customer needs, but he is mostly focused for the business owner? Um, I have a question, I have an, I have an answer, but you go. Okay. Um, in my situation, it was kind of like a legal thing too, <laughs> obviously. Um, so there'd be moments where he'd wanna do something and like we legally couldn't, and so trying to find, um, the best way, if you're a designer, a lot of times, if you think you have a good solution, prototype it, Sh actually show show what your idea is. A lot of times when you throw an idea out, it's hard to um, materialize and get other people on board with that idea until you can show them. So I think the best way to be like, hey, we really could do something like this. Look, I made it. It's so much easier to get people on board with that than just an idea that you have, so. It probably would be going back and be like, okay, if these are the business owners' um, goals, why are those the goals? And I, you might find a lot of overlap if you actually find out why the business owner is wanting these things to happen, and you actually have the results for those things to happen. So I think finding out why the goals are the goals um, might be your first step in trying to figure that out. So let's take one. Let's have one more quick uh, question discussion. Yeah. So kind of going back to the salary and balance, I was wondering how do you gauge your career track being in a hybrid role? So you know you only have so much time in a day. If you're taking on half PM or half UX, would your skills weaken in UX? Would your skills weaken as PM? So. I say, uh, unfortunately, yes. Um, <laughs> you're never gonna become 100% the best at one of those if you're doing it both of them, right? I don't know, that's how I feel. I, I mean, it's a given. And so I think you have to understand what, where's your passion lie? Does your passion lie in product management? A lot of UX designers are gonna be moving into product management more because they're gonna see that they enjoy finding those solutions, but maybe they're not the best at 
designing it. And so they're going to help drive that. So I think as a hybrid, if you're ever in that hybrid mode, you have to choose which one you really want to go after. I, I'll be honest, I've never applied for a product management position. So I actually left um, VidAngel in October, and I'd been in this hybrid role for three years, and I started applying to uh, senior UX designer positions, and I got a lot of like, oh, we love you so much, but we think there's just a few things missing, and so it was a no, and I feel like I was just like right on the brink, but it was because um, I have a very broad skill set and not deep in certain areas, and I realized through interviews and talking to people, and especially after everyone was super nice, I'm like, okay, what am I? What are some of my weaknesses? Is just a UX uh, designer. Um, so if you do, if you are in a hybrid role and you want to shift to one or the other, um, it's just educating yourself and finding, signing up for the mentor and finding someone like, hey, I don't know very much about this. What do I need to do? So um, I feel like it could potentially be kind of like you get stuck. I love being in a startup and I love like wearing both hats, but if I was, I know in the future if I want to just be a UX designer in a larger company and have that role, there I need to dig deeper, um, whether that's through you know, s taking some more classes or just doing some more projects on the side. Um, but yeah, I had that, had that issue recently happen, so. Yeah, I, I think the a lot of individuals in this hybrid role are just kind of scrappy individuals anyway, where the, they'll probably figure it out. They probably will weaken, and, and but then when the need comes, the, they, uh, I think, can figure it out. The, um, uh, yeah, the, I, th I think having a, a, just a really big empathy for, um, for, what those roles require. Um, well, yeah. So the, and also just the size of company that you sh probably is gonna play to your strengths. That if you're that type of individual, then knowing you go into a big enterprise company that has a lot of specialist roles is, is maybe not where you're gonna fit. And so maybe leaning towards the type of companies that need people that, that do wear multiple hats. Great. Final 30 seconds from each of you. Uh, yeah, like I, I've loved being in a role like this. I'm always someone that is just wanting to help out, wanting to build uh, products, learn new things, and, and adapt. And, and I think there's, like uh, Chris was saying, I think more and more that's going to become more common, that those things will kind of do, come together, and uh, more and more UX people will, will start to kind of make that move. Um, for me, I, I think one of the things I like, I like going from the strategy and ideation and the, that business why and seeing it all the way through. Um, at VidAngel, we had a TV app, um, the iPhone app and the website, and being able to work on a TV app one day and a website the next day, and then in the meeting the day before, working on priorities with the CEO. I like that variety and being able to work on multiple different things and seeing that full final product. So. So yeah, I, I I don't think I'm an advocate for. I'll be honest, I'm not. I'm not an advocate for the hybrid role. Um, there's definitely a time and place for it, and I think some people do excel at it. But at some point, you have to make a decision, um, especially if you want to move. If you're if the traje trajectory of your career, your career is outside that company and that that role, you can't just hop from company to company as a hybrid. 
So um, I think you got to, in that hybrid role, know what you are most passionate about and then go after that. Um, but even if you're in the hybrid role, my, my, my big takeaway is, or my, my golden nugget, if you will, to take away for you guys, if you'll take it, um, is you've got to find someone who will keep you honest. You have to have a check and balance. Um, you cannot be your own check and balance. And so uh, find someone either at the company, be it a developer who is, has, a, has a, you know, a strong mindset of how things should be done and help them, let them help you balance yourself out. Um, but yeah, you gotta have that check and balance. Great, Derek, Ming, Chris, thank you very much. Thank you. A big thanks to Derek Bowman, Megan Morton, and Christopher Higley for presenting. And again to Unique for hosting this event. If you learned some things from this discussion, be sure to share it with your team or share it on Twitter and mention us at product underscore hive. Sharing these talks is a great way to support Product Hive. Be sure to check out all our upcoming events. You can find them by searching for Product Hive on meetup.com. We also have a YouTube channel where you can find videos of all the past talks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your feed soon. Mm -hmm.